The Truth News Network. On every continent, in every capital, at colleges, universities, wherever solid thinking stands against the tides of insanity, there is one voice, a beacon, a light in the murkiness of political swill. From TNN, the Truth News Network, comes that voice, Dan Newman. Thankfully, this is not the only voice of reason, the only voice of truth. There are plenty of others out there including all of you that are listening in this morning. Welcome to TNN Live, a production daily, Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Central Time, of Truth News Network. That's www.truthnewsnet.org. We thank you for joining us today. A voice, just one voice, of reason. And I want to tell you, it's difficult to put enough stuff together to be able to simply explain the facts of pretty much every important thing in our lives today. Because our government conflates and confuses and mixes everything up. Confusion. Confusion. Now, if you're a Christian, you know where confusion comes from. The Bible says Satan is the author of all confusion. And I'm not saying our government is Satan. I'm not saying that at all. But what I am saying is confusion is a as a very simple tool for anybody to use to keep other people confused. And I don't know about you, (laughs) but I'm not a stupid guy, and I remain confused on the most part about all of the really important things. Why? Because we get story after story, version after version, opinion after opinion, and we're told every time we get one of those, these are facts. These are the truth. You've got to listen to me. Well, let me tell you how we roll here at Truth News Network at TNN Live. We dig, we find, we verify, and we present to you facts every day. Things that we have confirmed are factual. Now, just because we confirm they're factual, we certainly don't feel like you have any kind of obligation to believe what we're telling you just because we're the ones telling it to you. Here's what we ask you to do. Listen to what we say. Listen. I mean, really listen to it. Listen and look at the sources that we give you and go confirm or refute any of those things that you tell us if your research gives you different results. And then let us know what you discover. We don't know everything. We don't pretend to have all of the answers. In fact, far from that. But what we've got to do as Americans, we need to look over our shoulders, look back in the previous century and even before that. And look how our forefathers maintained some sense of reasonableness in the midst of the greatest chaos this nation has ever seen. Think about it. We had a Great Depression in the previous century, two world wars. We had Vietnam. We had Korea. We had all kinds of general little uprisings around us that impacted us directly. And yet, the United States of America... That light on a hill was able to push through, take care of all of those wars and conflicts, and even the unrest in our nation. And we were able to make it through to get to this century, the 21st century. I'm thankful to be here, and I'm sure you are too. Well, 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 we're going to have a little bit different show today. We're going to throw in some opinions about things that we don't normally 
And the other day I was talking to um, one of our one of our kids, actually our youngest daughter. As a matter of fact, Corey, our youngest daughter, was born the day Jimmy Carter was elected president, November 2nd, 1976. And she's heard mom and dad talk about some of the issues that we lived through under Jimmy Carter, his four years in the White House. And not just us personally, but the nation as a whole. Tried to explain it to her. And i got to be honest with you, it's really hard to do. So I want to just take a minute, look back. Some of you don't know what went on under Jimmy Carter, and you need to find out. i got to be honest with you, until the current president finishes his term and he finishes putting up on the mantle any of his war honors that he achieves while he's our commander-in-chief, I'm going to say... He probably is going to upset Jimmy Carter as being the worst president in in history. Carter, I got to be honest with you, he won the title, won that title very fair and square. You would have thought he'd be satisfied with almost destroying our economy and breaking the spirit of our country. But nope, here we are, Jimmy Carter still, unless Joe Biden kicks him out of the chair, he's still going to be the king of the heat. He was president, Carter was, from 76 to 80. He came close to destroying our nation, folks. He was an ultra-liberal, politically correct, of course. He was a do-gooder, a Baptist, Sunday school teacher, peanut farmer from Georgia. Carter, when he ran, he announced his presidency would be dedicated to compassion and human rights. That's a very noble thing to tell the American people he's going to do, anybody. But this leftist fairness and feel-good philosophy led to disaster for our nation. Carter Nightmare, here's what it included. Four years of crippling high unemployment, stagflation of 13.5%, unimaginable 21.5% interest rates, 21.5%. Think about that. We just got busted with the mortgage industry when they raised rates to 5%. Nobody in our generation, when I say our generation, this generation, our kids and grandkids, they can't even imagine 5%. But think about going to get a mortgage and be willing to pay 21.5% interest rates. Carter bought about record gas prices, shortages, gas lines, a doubling of the deficit from $27 billion to almost $60 billion. That's just a drop in the bucket of what we do now. And remember those U.S. Embassy personnel that were held hostage in Iran for a year and an unsuccessful hostage rescue attempt, the de- horrible, embarrassing decline of our military, and don't forget, On his watch, the Soviet Union invaded Afghanistan for the first time. The U.S. almost didn't survive Jimmy Carter. So guess who came along? The Gipper, a true patriot, American hero, Ronald Reagan. He turned Carter's malaise, Carter's misery and the worst economy since the Great Depression into the greatest economic turnaround and expansion in world history. Reagan showed the world that America was indeed that shining beacon on the hill. Reagan made us great again. And by doing that, he exposed Jimmy Carter as an incompetent, ultra-liberal laughingstock. 
And to make matters worse for Jimmy Carter and his legacy, the U.S. hostages in Iran, they were released on Reagan's inauguration day. They'd been held hostage for more than a year. Carter couldn't get it done. Reagan did. And Carter never forgave Reagan or America for leaving his reputation in tatters like we did it to him. Do you see any parallels in there regarding Joe? If you don't, there's something wrong with you. Because what we're watching right now may make Jimmy Carter's four years in the White House look like debacle light with Joe Biden ramping it up a notch or two and just really devastating Jimmy Carter's career. He wants to hold up the bottom of the the heap. Jimmy Carter does as being the worst. Joe's trying to push Jimmy out of the worst seat and replace it with himself. Meanwhile, you and I are paying the price. And all you have to do to compare the debacles in the Carter administration with those in this administration is just look around. I mean, they're everywhere. I guess the worst one has got to be this oil thing, this rush to turn on the spigot for renewable energies while at the same time you're turning off the spigot for anything energy-related that has carbon involved in it. True leaders... The number one mark of a true leader is putting plans together, selling whoever he's leading with the idea of what these plans are going to do for us if we implement these plans, and then taking the lead and implementing those plans, bringing the people along with you, not dragging them along behind you, but convincing them that this new idea, this new philosophy, this new direction is going to be better and make life better for everybody. That's how true leaders do it. That's how Ronald Reagan did That's not how Joe Biden is doing it. He's not leading anybody. He's marching down a hill and dragging the nation behind him. And there's no better evidence Besides the economic issues, if you look at it, unemployment is low, but labor participation is horrible too. Those two work hand in hand. Interest rates are growing. They're growing. They're growing. We're going to be back. If something doesn't happen and happen quickly, we're going to make that 21.5% interest rate during the Carter administration. We're going to laugh at it because we're going to zoom right by it. Inflation, stagflation, it's already grabbing us. And it's not even close to turning the curve or turning the corner and getting back to a place in which Americans can comfortably live again. And then we have the politics of this nation right now. Every day, something new comes out about this January 6th committee, some of the insanity that has been going on behind the scenes and what they're all about. Now, let me just say this. I'm one of those people. I think Congress should investigate fully the January 6, 21 riot at the Capitol and also, by the way, similar riots at some of the other iconic federal sites around the nation, like uh, the Federal Building in Portland, Oregon. But unfortunately, Congress is never going to do that. Why not? 
Well, if you look at this committee that's put up there, it'll never do anything like we are just asking them to do because this committee's not bipartisan. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, she forbade Republican nominees that are traditionally selected by the House Minority Leader when she was in the minority and committees were formed. She was solely responsible for putting Democrats in her party on that committee. For the first time in American history, Nancy Pelosi forbade Congressman McCarthy, the minority leader in the House, to appoint Republican people to serve on that committee. Nancy Pelosi handpicked two Republicans, Adam Kinzinger and Liz Cheney, both of them hardcore, anti-Trump, anti-MAGA, anti-conservatism, both of them. No speaker ever before rejected the minority party's nominees. Pelosi's own cynical criteria for Republican participation was twofold, and she picked two people that fit that fold. Any willing minority Republican members had to have voted to impeach Donald Trump while having no realistic chance of being reelected in 2022. And of course, Adam Kinzinger, he's not running again. Liz Cheney is, at least so far, but as we told you yesterday, Her challenger out in Wyoming is up 30 points in the polls right now, so she's toast herself. A real investigation would have ignited argumentation, things like cross-examination, disagreements, the sort of give and take for which congressional committees are famous. They do that all the time. That's how they are so good at getting things done for the American people. They don't agree with each other all the time, and sometimes they never agree. But at least the different opinions are put out there and the American people can watch and listen to these debates. That's not happening now. There's no cross-examination of any witness coming before this January 6th committee. None. Republicans don't get to enter any evidence. None whatsoever. Think about that. No dissenting views. Its subtext was right out of the Soviet Minister of Internal Affairs, Leventry Palovich, his credo, show me the man and I'll show you the crime. That's exactly where this January 6th committee is. If Trump wasn't considering a third run for the presidency, would the committee even have existed? I think you know the answer to that. No, they wouldn't have done it. Its slick Hollywood-produced optics demonstrate that the committee has no interest in inconvenient facts. Why did a Capitol officer lethally shoot a petite unarmed woman entering a Capitol window, Ashley Babbitt? Why was the officer's identity and indeed all information about his record withheld from the public? And uh, the coroner in Washington, D.C. ruled that woman Ashley Babbitt's death a homicide. This officer shot an unarmed woman, had her back to him, didn't have anything in her hands, was challenging or threatening no one, and he shot her. Nothing happened to this guy. Why did the committee not investigate whether large numbers of FBI agents and informants were hidden among the crowd that day? We're going to give you evidence in today's show that says there actually were unrefutable evidence, FBI plants were scattered among that crowd. 
There were a ton of FBI informants among the people. About his own journalistic colleagues advancing a psychodramatic insurrection narrative, Rosenberg, Matthew Rosenberg, New York Times reporter, scoffed. They were making too big a deal. They were making January 6th some organized thing that it wasn't. A real committee also would investigate why there were lots of warnings that a big crowd was going to get together. But apparently, little or no government follow-up to ensure security could stop any of these rogue elements if they turned violent. A real committee would learn why the government, why the media insisted that Officer Brian Sicknick, he died that day. And they carried on for weeks and weeks and months and months saying he was killed, Sicknick was killed by Trump supporters. Even when it was known, he died of natural causes. Nobody hit him with anything, but yet they perpetrated that lie for months. None of the questions will be answered. None of the important ones. You know why? Because none are going to be asked. Nobody's there with any honesty, with any integrity, to ask any questionable question. A real committee would also investigate the other far larger and more lethal riots on iconic federal property months earlier. Seattle, Portland, Minneapolis, Hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars of public and private property destroyed. People shot, killed. People beat up. Federal agents beat up. Black Lives Matter, riots, demonstrations. We never hear anything about that. There were no arrests. That was all okay. On May 31st, 2020. Violent demonstrators tried to rush the White House. You remember that? Rioters sought to burn down the nearby historic St. John's Episcopal Church. Washington, D.C. Mayor Muriel Bowser mysteriously didn't send the cops to reinforce those Secret Service agents who were overwhelmed and at moments seemed unable to keep the mob from the White House itself. Then there's the New York Times. They sat in New York, giddy, excited. They crowed, Trump shrinks back. Was the New York Times preening that the president was a coward for retreating from a mob? If you remember, as a precaution, the Secret Service removed him and the first family to a safe underground bunker. There was no committee investigation into that. Nobody even wanted to talk about it because, hey, if you're a conservative, you've got a bullseye on your forehead, one on your back, And anything goes. Less than three weeks after that Washington riot, Democrat then vice presidential nominee Kamala Harris, she got right on in line inciting the continuing violent protest. Here's what she said, talking about these violent protests around the nation. Quote, they're not going to stop. This is a movement. They're not going to let up, and they should not, and we should not. Note that Harris's cheerleading was joined by a host of prominent left-wing luminaries who contextualized all of the violence. The 1619 Project architect, Nicole Hannah-Jones, boasted, quote, destroying property which can be replaced is not violence. <laughs> how, does, how does somebody come up with that? 
Former CNN anchor Chris Cuomo pontificated. And please, he said, show me where it says protesters are supposed to be uh, polite and peaceful. And I'll take him back to the First Amendment, where it guarantees every American, Chris, not the right to go out and beat up on people and be unpeaceful. It guarantees you the right to peaceably assemble. That's the words in the Constitution. Note that the 2020 summer rioting, arson, and looting continued for four months. Its toll resulted in more than 35 dead, 1,500 police officers injured, 14,000 arrests, somewhere between $1 and $2 billion in property damage. Department of Justice go after any of these people? Nope. Didn't hear anything about it, did you? Why were the vast majority of those arrested simply released by authorities? And how had Antifa and Black Lives Matter radicals orchestrated all this violence using social media primarily? What was the role of prominent elected officials in either condoning or encouraging the violence or just talking about it, communicating with the ringleaders? A truly bipartisan House Select Committee dedicated to ending all violence directed at the White House, the Capitol, or federal courthouses might have been useful in probing this dark period in American history. And that is precisely why there was no such committee. We have Nancy's committee that is doing nothing but wasting time, wasting taxpayers millions of dollars, and they're up there for one thing and one thing only. Find a way to stop Donald Trump from possibly declaring and running for president in 2024. OMG, he's bad enough. But if he gets reelected, these MAGA, super MAGA folks are going to destroy our democracy. What up, y'all? It's DJ Envy, and I'm teaming up with Turtle Wax this summer to make sure your rides are clean, shiny, protected, and even disinfected. Because whether you're hitting the streets or heading out on the highway to the beach, Turtle Wax will make sure your vehicle is looking, smelling, and feeling amazing. Turtle Wax is the only brand that I trust with my fleet of supercars. And y'all know how many cars I keep in my garage, right? Check out TurtleWax.com to learn more, and be sure to buy now at TurtleWax.com or anywhere you shop for car care. Few things bring as much joy as the delicious taste of Coca-Cola. Like your first time camping or falling in love on a blind date. And now, our new Coke bottles are sip-sized and made from 100% recycled materials. So every bottle can live on to create more memories. That's endlessly refreshing. Coca-Cola. Bottles are made from 100% recycled materials excluding Captain Label. Enjoy the great taste of Coca-Cola in a new sip-sized bottle that's made of 100% recycled materials. Genuine Ford Parts and Service presents a word from your wallet. Are we at the gas station? Yeah, I know. I'm feeling these gas prices, too. I'm the wallet down here. Head to a Ford dealership. Why? Proper vehicle maintenance. A new air filter can save 19 cents a gallon. Correct tire inflation up to 6 cents a gallon. Wow, that sure adds up. (laughs) Fat wallets are very in right now. Right now, Motorcraft air filter replacement is just $19.95 or less. Replacing a dirty air filter can increase fuel economy by as much as 10%. Well, done. That was easy. Maybe you should listen to your wallet more often. Well, 
you're typically pretty quiet. Well, I didn't want to be a pain in the... Uh, 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 uh. Hurry in for the best deals we've had in years. Money-saving rebates on brakes, batteries, tires, and more. See your participating Ford dealer today. Welcome to the Subway ad for the $3.99 6-inch sub of the day. How do you want it? Secret DJ set. At a retirement home? Weird. I like it. DJ sandwich in the house. What did he say? Italian BMT $3.99. I call the EMT? Turkey breast $3.99. How much? $3.99. $3.99. Bingo! Limited time at participating shops. Prices and subs included may vary. Additional charge for extras plus tax. No additional discounts or coupons applied. Married to the truth, divorced from the lies, fighting for the future. TNN, the Truth News Network. Truthnewsnet.org. And again, Dan Newman. And as we all know, we have so many issues that are boiling. I mean, we just talked about the big one, the insanity of this January 6th committee where nothing makes any sense. And there's a bunch of other craziness going on around us, most of it up in D.C., or at least initiated there. And uh, you hear somebody clearing their throat in the background. I want to welcome to the show Susan Swift, who is a constitutional attorney, vice president of legal affairs at the Right to Life League. And we asked her to come on the show, and she graciously agreed so that we can put in context what to expect as it looks like the United States Supreme Court may today come out with their rendering of that draft opinion that leaked to the press about a month and a half ago that Roe may be overturned and what implications there may be. Susan, thank you for joining us today. Dan, thank you so much for having me on. It's an honor. Well, you're caught up in the middle of all of this. And, um, you know, I'm a layman. I'm not an attorney. I'm an old white guy from the South, and I believe in... (laughs) I, I believe in when a baby is a baby, when it's actually conceived, I believe there's life there. So I'm one of those evil, you know, those old evil white guys that's a pro-life guy, you know? Oh, you mean you're following the science about conception and all that? Yeah. How, how dare me do that? <laughs> right. That That's the problem on the, uh, the, the pro-abortion side. They don't follow the science. Well, uh, it's it's not a baby unless it's born and breathing for like two years, <laughs> and then even then it yeah, may not be. It, you know, we we could we could go all day and have discussions about where this all came from. I mean, even way 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 back before there was even a a nation on this side of the water, you know, they were euthanizing, they were aborting babies. It's ever since there've been men, they've been finding ways to control life. They say. All that yes, it said. is all about population control at the end. It's uh, and and we we need to start recognizing the humanity of the unborn. They have unique DNA. They have fingerprints and eyelids and eyelashes and a heartbeat and all of the organs that you and I have. And the only difference is they're not walking around. They are they are a clump of cells, just like you are just like I am. I'm a clump of cells walking around. If I can abort an unborn baby, why can't I just post-abortively get rid of you too? That's a great perspective. Hey, listen, before we dig into the uh, to the uh, the Supreme Court rendering and how that's going to come out, um, I, um, I've owned a company for a lot of years and uh, I had a sales 
men that worked for me, and I kept getting in his grill all the time in meetings, using him as an example of what not to do. And one day he just stood up and looked at me and said, you know what? Looking at you, I understand why some species of animals eat their babies. <laughs> that was pretty cold. But you know what? Hey, hey, if we don't laugh about it, Susan, this we're, we're going to cry because we are talking about life and death in the millions that have been happening here in the United States since Roe v. Wade. We'll never know the real numbers. My question no, is, and you're a woman, so my question to you is: I identify as a woman. Yes. <laughs> oh, don't even go there, please. Let's don't. That's a conversation for another day. Hey, I know. as as a woman, if you were in a situation, and this conversation is the actual very first conversation you and I have had. C.J. Wheeler set this conversation up this morning because we are anticipating the road decision coming out and you're an expert and we wanted to get your opinion. I would love it if it came out while we're live and we're monitoring that. But as a woman, I have never been able to understand if at any point in history, science comes up, and this is a big if, and I think you and I are on the same page, I think it will happen, but if it does happen that science says life actually begins at conception, how are the millions of women going to process that emotionally and psychologically when they finally realized they killed their baby? I, I, my heart breaks for them. Um, they... I hope they will realize that they have been lied to by a political agenda. They've been lied to by the abortion cartel. Just like the big, like big drug, like the drug cartels, the abortion cartel is pushing uh, procedures and drugs for profit. That's what's going on. And they are lying to women about the truth of when life begins. We already know that life begins at conception. In fact, we know from uh, different studies they, that, that exactly when the sperm and the, it penetrates the egg, there's this flash of light, a very, very small, perhaps chemically induced, but we don't know why, but there's this little spark of life and they don't understand it and they don't know why. But it always recalls to me from the Bible, let there be light. And isn't it interesting that at the moment that new life is created, that little spark of light is also present. Um, and to me, that that's proof enough that this, and when you look at the, the genetic code, at that moment when the, the sperm and egg combine, a new genetic code is written and it begins to divide and develop according to its intelligent design and it's a separate DNA from the mother, separate DNA from the father. That's life. Now when when the soul enters, that's a religious question and we don't need to even ask that because we already know that life begins at conception and that if it is undisturbed, nine times out of ten, even more than that, it, it results in a living, breathing human being walking around. That's, that's just fact. That's science. God. I hope women understand 
that the abortion cartel has been lying to them for a political reason to, to gain power and uh, and control over massive sums of money and political power. And when they realize that, their hearts will break. And we we have to be there to comfort them when when it happens. If you believe the Bible, God spoke to Jeremiah the prophet in the Old Testament, and he basically said it. He laid it out, what you just said. Before you were formed in your mother's womb, I knew you. Talking to Jeremiah. If you believe the Bible, that should confirm. But that's not what people are believing. On the phone with us now, attorney Susan Swift, who's vice president of legal affairs at the Right to Life League, and she's caught up in the middle of this abortion thing and what's pending in the Supreme Court. Susan, we are anticipating the court coming out, and I'm almost certain. I just feel really, really positive about them throwing out Roe v. Wade. But I want to ask you, as an attorney, constitutional attorney, and as somebody that's on top of this, if this comes out that way, if the Supreme Court says Roe v. Wade was an unconstitutional thing and they throw it out, this will not make abortion illegal in America, will it? No, not at all. That's what a lot of people don't understand. That Again, this is the abortion cartel pushing fear porn on everyone. They're trying to say, oh, your rights are going to be taken away. Well, first of all, we know from the leaked draft opinion, uh, don't get me started on that. That, that, that is such a, a violation of the judiciary. It, it is upsetting as a lawyer to me. But what we know from that leaked draft that, that Alito had written in his draft that he, the Constitution does not confer a right to abortion. However, farther along in that draft decision, he makes clear that the federal government must step aside and return that issue to the states. Well, there are, I think there are about 26 states who have put in place various restrictions on abortions. Everything from the Mississippi case in Dobbs, which uh, that's 15 weeks, that says that's the point at which uh, a, a fetus can feel pain. And um, all the way back to, I guess, the heartbeat bill in Texas, which is around six to eight weeks, that's when the very first time you can detect a heartbeat. And these are all different versions of restrictions on abortions. All of those state laws, the the 26 different states that are going to have reasonable restrictions, all of them provide for emergencies where uh, severe fetal anomalies, uh, where the life of the mother is in in an emergency situation. So the the lie that somehow women are going to be forced to die on the abortion table because they they couldn't get an abortion, right? That's that's a lie. Um, because they want you to be afraid. And the other truth of the matter is uh, the other 24 states um, have different laws on the books. And I know I'm in California. California is the most pro-abortion state there is. In fact, uh, we are fighting bills here at the Right to Life League. We are going up to Sacramento, um, gosh, sometimes every other week to fight against some of these bills that are literally going to use taxpayer dollars from around the country, not just California taxes, but all people's taxes, to fly women into California for free, set them up in an abortion hotel, make sure they've got their Uber, make sure they've got their insurance all covered, make sure that they have their 
uh, lost wages covered for their procedure, give them the free abortion. They even provide, I kid you not, child care for when you go get your free abortion. So you can bring your kids with you. They'll be babysat while you're aborting their, their sibling. All of that paid for by the American taxpayer. That's what's happening in California. Now, if if the Dobbs decision were truly um, a decision where it would eliminate the right to abortion, right, then all of those laws in California would be overridden. And that's not happening. The, the issue is going to be going back to the states, and the states will be able to, to decide. It is a true victory for the the rule of law from a, a federal perspective that that limits our federal government's ability to dictate to the states i wish um the court could have found a, a personhood amendment maybe looking at the declaration of independence as a source and saying that that we hold these truths to be self-evident that that our rights you know that our creator gives us rights to life liberty and the pursuit of happiness right i would like them to have gone farther but they didn't. They limited the the decision. If indeed it is, we don't know. We don't have the full decision yet. We're still waiting. This is going off of the leaked draft. But all that that has done is permitted the states to take their rightful place in the law, and that means the battle for life goes to the states, and we're going to win it there too. It'll just take us a little longer. Well, you, you spoke about the Constitution and you spoke about the, what's going on in the Supreme Court. How, just watching and listening and knowing the justices that are there, all nine of them, what's your gut feeling how this is going to come down? Five, four, six, three? What's your thought? Well, just my instinct would say five, four. I think I would like it if, if Justice Roberts would join with the other five just on the principle of we cannot be bullied. I mean, like these groups like Jane's Revenge, which is a domestic terrorist organization, Jane's Revenge is threatening the justices by marching in front of their house. I think they were in front of uh, uh, Amy Coney Barrett's house the other day with, you know, these you know young women smearing, you know, what looked like blood on their bodies and carrying baby dolls. I mean, it's just sick. They are, look... Jane's Revenge is Antifa for abortion. That's who these people are. They're domestic terrorists. I don't know why we're not rounding them up for sedition because they are attacking the third branch of government. They are attacking our Supreme Court and entire, really the entire federal bench. That's what they're going for. They're sending a message to all judges, right? Anybody on the judiciary, federal or even the state, right? Why aren't they being rounded up? And you know why. That's because Chuck Schumer, Senator Chuck Schumer, told and warned Kavanaugh back last year saying, you will reap the whirlwind if you do this. So this is, these, are, these are threats from a, a very radical Marxist agenda that is now called the, the, the Democrat Party, sadly, and they are intimidating justices. They're intimidating our third branch of, of, of our government. I hope that Roberts sees that, recognizes the bullying that is going on, and would join the majority on the principle that we will not be bullied. 
I don't know if he'll do that. My, I'm hoping, I mean, after this has gone on now for weeks and weeks, I'm just hoping that uh, Kavanaugh and, and Amy Coney Barrett and the others hold firm and do not change this draft. You see, the, the draft opinion means nothing. That was leaked. That was a violation. What matters is when the decision actually comes down, what the final ruling is. They can change it. That's why Jane's Revenge is doing what they're doing. That's why Chuck Schumer, that's why Nancy Pelosi withheld all of the aid right before Biden signed the bill to protect the justices. She's trying to intimidate the justices. That, that's why you see these messages on sidewalks. If abortion's not safe, neither are you. They are in trying to intimidate and change the court's ruling. So I'm, I'm praying to God that when it does come down, at least we have the same draft opinion that was leaked. And I hope that, that Justice Roberts would join in it and make it a little stronger. Joining us. Oh, uh, well, I'm just, uh, I'm looking at the, uh, by the way, we have a little bit of breaking news. Okay. The, um, the Supreme sp- Court has now issued its five decisions for today. Uh, they just wrapped up, and Dobbs is not one of them. They've issued one, two, three, four, five opinions today, and that's that's it for today. So there's no Dobbs decision today, uh, June twenty first, twenty twenty two. I was I was about to I was about to break in and interrupt you and 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 give that bit of news. Let let me let me just do this. I want to back out just for a second because we're not going to get the opinion today. It'll probably be next week. Um, yeah. I've got something that I was going to segue into with you. By the way, if you just joined us on the show, Susan Swift is joining us, constitutional attorney, vice president of legal affairs at the Right to Life League. And I thank you for coming aboard. We're talking about, and there was great anticipation the court today was going to rule on the Dobbs case, but they chose not to. Let me just point that one thing out. You mentioned Judge Roberts. He's the chief justice on the U.S. Supreme Court. It has blown my mind watching his career on the court. When he first became a justice, he caucused as a conservative. And then during the Obama administration, when serious big cases came up, he just surreptitiously kind of slid across to the left. And since then, he has been counted on as being a leftist on all decisions that come out of the court. Do you have any idea what happened to him and what changed? I have no idea. I know there's just rumors around, but, but perhaps he just wants to write his legacy as the new Kennedy of the court. He wants to be the, the peacemaker, the, the person who brokers all of the deals. That's a political kind of a goal, sure. and it, it makes me sad. I don't know why he, he changed his mind, or if he did, but we, we've seen this before. I mean, you know, uh, Sandra Day O'Connor was one of the justices who, you know, authored the, the you know, the Roe decision, and you know she was appointed, I believe, by Reagan. So uh, the, the justices that that is one of the reasons why our system of lifetime appointments is is so important. It does free justices to make what they believe are the right decisions, regardless of politics. Maybe they do play politics. That may be what Justice Roberts is doing, or maybe uh, he truly. He reads the laws a different way, and at least he has the freedom of knowing that he can opine in the way that he 
really truly believes is best for the law. Where he um, messed up on, he really messed up on what he is not doing right now. He should I, have. I, I, I tend to agree. I don't like what he did with Obamacare, calling it, a, you know, that, that yeah. making that legitimate. I, I'm very frustrated by a lot of his decisions. The one that really gets me hacked off is what he has not done by delaying this. And he could have put this out the next day after that draft opinion, whatever their final opinion is going to be. He could have stopped this, but his delay, well, delay, we delay. Don't, I, we don't know how that is decided. We don't know if they all, I think they, they get together and I think they decide together which ones they're going to release. I don't know if it is completely up to Justice Roberts. Well, I don't know. I, I have been told by people that have clerked in the Supreme Court that the Chief Justice almost totally has authority to determine when an opinion is going to be released. All that being said, not releasing it in the wake of that draft opinion being released and all of the chaos and the anger and the hatred and the vitriol. And uh, there hasn't been any violence. There almost was because Kavanaugh had a would-be assassin parked outside of his house who was going, he came there from your state, was going there to assassinate Justice Brett Kavanaugh. If, yeah. if, if the Chief Justice had taken the bull by the horns and said, guys, we got to get together and get this out there to stop this from happening because the Department of Justice has refused to prosecute these federal criminals. These these are lawbreakers. Every person that's protesting outside any judge's home is breaking federal law because they're not holding these people accountable. We could see some really nasty stuff happen, and I'm just I think we're blessed that nothing's happened so far. I know Amen. I know Amy Coney Barrett, not personally, but I know her from her reputation. She grew up in New Orleans. I'm in Northwest Louisiana. Uh, fourth Congressional Representative Republican Mike Johnson, who's on our show all the time. He's a good friend of mine. They grew up together, and she is a devout Catholic and is very, very pro-life. And she's not going to change her mind. It doesn't matter what some demonstrator says. But in this environment that we're living in, Susan, Oh my gosh, crazy things happen every day. Nobody can expect the violence that we see happening every day. It's almost become normalized in the United States. And I don't think right now I would be one of those nine that are sitting in there coming up with this conclusion on whether or not Roe's going to be overturned because they're, I mean, people can do awful things and people will do awful things. I, I and And then having a, Attorney General and Department of Justice that refuse to enforce federal statutes or protect these justices. It's unconscionable. I can't think. That is where the problem lies. The problem lies in the executive branch. It is on, and, and guess who the head of that is? That would be uh, the resident-in-chief Biden. Yes. He should be he should be on the phone to the DOJ immediately because yes you're right there is a federal law that prevents you know people like Jane's Revenge from uh, protesting in front of ju judges' houses that that they should have been scooped up and they should have been prosecuted but why don't we have a J six type investigation into Jane's Revenge and all of these other t Antifa type abortion activist groups why aren't we going after them and I'll tell you why it's because of the failure of the executive branch. Now, I don't know if it's because they're sheer incompetence, but my, my instinct is that they, they enjoy this. Kind of like the, uh, uh, I think Stalin once said, the worse, the better. The worse, the better. 
because that that all you'll see is now we're going to have calls for well we need increased uh, police presence these are the same people who are defunding the police but you see if we have a federal police force a national police force right then we could start enforcing some of these laws uh, right yeah. so perhaps there's an angle there that we that we are missing that the federal executive branch is refusing or unable to basically enforce our law there might be a political reason why but it is, it is, as you said, unconscionable because what is happening is we are terrorizing the entire judicial branch of our government. A handful of rabble rousers, a handful of these, you know, Jane's Revenge and, and others. But it's, it's happening across the country. There are pro-life centers and clinics being targeted for vandalism, they're having Molotov cocktails thrown through their windows, they're having vandalism, you know, the painting and everything, their buildings defaced, their clients are being frightened, the staff is afraid. That's what's happening in the United States because the executive branch will not enforce federal law. Attorney Susan Swift, who's vice president of legal affairs at the Right to Life League, joins us this morning came to join us and listen, Susan, thank you for doing this. We all anticipated the road decision was going to be released today. It was not one of those. And again, I say Justice Roberts is doing his justices on the court that served with him a tremendous disservice because they're still hanging out there with the possibility of these nut jobs doing something to hurt them. All that being said, Susan, you've got my phone number. Would you promise to come back when that final opinion is released and share with us your thoughts on the content of it when you get it oh absolutely i would be thrilled to do that well thank you for being here on such short notice the best to you you live in a great state in spite of the politics there there are parts of california <laughs> that i just lust over i'm i'm in northwest louisiana where today we'll have 100 degrees with a 90 percent relative humidity <laughs> I grew up in I grew up in Texas in in Houston and I know those days. Yeah, yeah. Thank you so much, Susan. God bless. Thank you. Have a great day. Susan Swift, glad to have an expert on here. It's always good to get others' opinions and thoughts on something, especially when someone is a constitutional att attorney. And so, as you heard, she'll be back with us when the real opinion comes out. Don't go anywhere. Back in the Real Truth, Real News, TNN, the Truth News Network. Hi, this is Jack, founder of Jack in the Box. Is the caller there? Mr. Box, Douglas Gompertz from Burger Week magazine. Oh, hey, Doug. Doug's a respected fast food critic. I recently dined on your sourdough Jack combo. And? Perfection. The cheese, the jumbo patty, the golden sourdough bread, the French fries. Bravo. Well, thank you. However, I found the dessert a bit dry. It doesn't come with dessert. The candy. The white, round candy with the happy face. Was it wearing a scarf? Yes, I believe it was. Rosy cheeks? Fuzzy earmuffs? Yes, that's it. Douglas, you ate a holiday ball. <gasps> We're giving one away free to customers who buy a sourdough jack combo. But they're not for dessert. They're for antennas. Or a pencil. Right. Well, that's going to improve your score dramatically. Excellent. Oh, 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 oh. 
may not be able to lower the cost of gas, but we can do something about how many miles you will drive per gallon. Stop by your local O'Reilly Auto Parts store today and let us help you increase the performance of your car or truck. Simple things like replacing your air filter, changing worn-out spark plugs, and using fuel injector cleaner can add up to better fuel economy and big savings. There's an O'Reilly Auto Parts store close to you that has the name brands, low prices, and people who can help. Restore lost fuel economy and eliminate rough idle with Lucas Fuel Injector Cleaner. Right now at O'Reilly Auto Parts, buy two and get one free. Lucas Fuel Injector Cleaner quickly cleans clogged injectors to increase fuel efficiency and help your vehicle run smooth. Lucas Fuel Injector Cleaner, buy two, get one free at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every day. Limit supply. See store for details. Yeah, it's another hot day in North Louisiana, the 21st of June. We'll probably hit 100 degrees today. The only really good thing about living in that kind of temperature and uh, humidity is that we can get away from it. Uh, God invented air conditioning for us, <laughs> and we rely on it heavily, I can promise you that. We're going to keep our eyes on what's coming out of the Supreme Court when the details of those cases that they are issuing their opinions on today, uh, when we get the actual verbiage of what they say, we'll break into our show and share those with you because there's still some big cases out there. But I want to go back to the January 6th committee, and I want to go back to one of my favorite people who live today, and that is Representative Adam Schiff, a Democrat from California, who is known better around the world as Mr. Honesty. Mr. Honesty. I would never tell a lie. Almost every time his lips move, he's lying. That's his past. Well, he came out yesterday and dropped a bomb last night on The Nation on the Rachel Maddow show. What did he say? The January 6th House Select Committee will be showing evidence of former President Trump's role in pressuring state legislators to overturn the election. Rachel Maddow, that bastion of journalistic integrity, asked him, Am I correct in telling our audience tonight that the focus tomorrow will be largely the pressure in individual states to overthrow their election results, including that bizarre set of forgeries in those fake Trump electors? Schiff's reply, Rachel, yes, it is exactly right. I think that you set out the sequence in its right order. We heard the pressure campaign, and that campaign put his life in jeopardy, how it was premised on a completely unconstitutional theory and argument. And now you hear the pressure campaign directed at state legislators, state officials, and even local electoral workers putting their lives very much at risk. And this was really unprecedented in U.S. history, this broad effort to overturn a presidential election. You will see just with the weight to the presidency brought down on these officials. But Adam wasn't finished. Listen closely. He said, Tomorrow we will be showing some of the evidence of the president's role in this whole scheme of pressuring state legislators to overturn the election. 
Now, this effort to pressure the state legislators was premised on a big lie about massive fraud that didn't exist. Trying to get these legislatures to go into session or decertify the win for Joe Biden and certify these electors for him, sending these fake electors to Washington, all of it was illegitimate. We will explore the role that was played by the president, by his campaign, by his lawyers. We will present some of the evidence that we have accumulated to explain how that plot to pressure these legislative officials took place and what it did to turn their lives upside down. We will take him out on the White House lawn and hang him by the neck until he's dead. Well, he didn't say that, that part, but every other thing was a direct quote of Adam Schiff. Let me ask you this. We're not going to spend any time on this. For this one reason, I'm going to ask you a question. Tell me one thing, one thing about Donald Trump, one little bitty thing about Donald Trump that Adam Schiff ever said that was true. Can you think of one? I can't. And you know why? Because I think there aren't any. Now listen to this. Adam hops over to CNN. He went from MSNBC and Rachel Maddow over to CNN to host Dana Bash. And she grilled him Sunday on the big show on her on her network, CNN, about the committee's refusal to hand over evidence to the Department of Justice. So many people watching your committee hearings are asking, what's going to come of this? And this is Dana Bash asking Schiff this on Sunday's State of the Union. Is the Justice Department going to file criminal charges? First question is, why haven't you given everything over to the Justice Department that they're asking for and they say they need in order to potentially file charges? I don't think Congress has ever done that. And I've been participating now in several investigations where there have been parallel investigations done by the DOJ. Now, this is shift talking now to Dana. Congress never says, hey, Justice Department, other branch of government, just come and go through our files. We also don't say, hey, we want to go over and just rifle through your files. So this hyper committee made up of a bunch of far-left sycophants and two rhinos, Republican in name only. That would be Adam Kinzinger of Ohio and uh, from Wyoming, Liz Cheney. Both are about to be former members of the United States House of Representatives. This committee held three hearings since June 9th, with multiple liberal media outlets hyping the possibility of, of fraud charges against Donald Trump after that second hearing. Republicans Liz Cheney, Adam Kinzinger, both who are outspoken critics of Trump, they were appointed to the committee by Pelosi after Republicans boycotted the panel. And that's because they would not let the minority leader, Kevin McCarthy of California, decide who he wants on that committee, that hearing, because in American history, that's always the way it is. Whatever the majority party is for every committee, they have the one more, at least, member of the committee that caucuses with their party. The minority guys, they have one less. Well, the minority leader gets to choose who's going to serve on each committee. Nancy wouldn't accept McCarthy's nominee, so she put herself, Cheney and Kinzinger, on that committee. Have you seen evidence that the Justice Department has already opened an investigation into the former president? 
That's Dana Bash asking Adam Schiff. I've not seen, for example, grand juries convene in places where I would think they would be convened. If they were looking at some of the conduct, for example, that Judge Carter in California wrote he believed that Donald Trump was engaged in multiple acts that violate criminal laws, Schiff said. Does any of this sound eerily similar at all? I I go all the way back, all the way back to the very beginning of the Trump-Adam Schiff feud. You remember that duo of fake Russian radio people? Somehow they got through to Adam Schiff and they presented quote-unquote evidence that Donald Trump had been with prostitutes in Russia, that he had information, was working with Vladimir Putin. They had all this. Do you remember that? We played it on our show a couple of times. I'll tell you what we'll do. When we go to our next break, I'll, I'll go see if I can grab it and pull it up coming out of the break and let you hear it. You'll laugh, you'll laugh your tail off because it is hilarious how foaming at the mouth Congressman Adam Schiff was. Just to think. Aha! We found some stuff that's going to finally end our association with the orange man. Meanwhile, we go back to Joe Biden, President of the United States. He's really getting pushback now from even people in his own party. He suggested, and this blows my mind, he said that high gas prices will be a in his words now, good opportunity to make a fundamental turn to clean energy. That's the president of the United States that said that yesterday. He got called out on Twitter for those comments. Gas averaged $4.98 a gallon nationwide yesterday. Inflation rose to a 40-year high last month. And we're looking down the throat of an impending recession. Many economic experts believe we're already in the throes of a recession. Conservative political operative Greg Price tweeted out the moment where the president defended his green energy policies to reporters while he was vacationing on the beach in Delaware. My dear mother used to have an expression. Out of everything lousy, something good will happen if you look hard enough for it. We have a chance to make a fundamental turn toward renewable energy, electric vehicles, and not just electric vehicles, but across the board. Biden was speaking to a crowd of reporters on the beach. His comments sparked backlash from a bunch of conservatives, this show being one of them, with some critiquing Biden as being tone deaf to the problems that average Americans are facing today. He keeps telling you he doesn't give a damn that you can't afford gas. All you have to do is start to believe him. That's from radio host and columnist Derek Hunter, who tweeted that out. Abigail Maroney, press secretary for Senator Josh Hawley, Republican from Missouri, predicted that Biden's statement would have unintended consequences for the Democrat Party. Out of everything lousy, in parentheses, the Biden presidency, (laughs) something good will happen parentheses again, a massive red wave in 2022 and 2024. She tweeted that. John Hayward, a writer for Breitbart News, tweeted that this revealed President Biden was counting on Americans being stupid enough to believe Vladimir Putin's price hike left them with no choice but to turn to clean energy. 
And of course, as always, Biden wasn't finished. He followed up this exchange in Delaware by telling a reporter that his team would sit down with oil executives to demand they produce more oil and question their high profits. He also snapped at a reporter who told him that economists warning a recession is more likely than ever, saying, come on, don't make things up. And recently, he has shifted blame from the war in Ukraine and Vladimir Putin to the oil companies as the reason why gas prices keep going up and up and up. It's always somebody else's fault, isn't it? It's always. You know, when we had Susan on, the attorney, just a few minutes ago, we talked about, and she she weighed in on it just for a second. We didn't have much time. She was in a hurry. Uh, she was on a TV show before she came on our show, and she was going back to another TV show. And she promised she'll be back when the Supreme Court rendering the opinion, the final one on Roe, comes out. She'll join us to uh, break that down for us when it happens. But she mentioned something that is is really significant to us today. That's the accountability, or the lack of accountability by our Department of Justice. Do you realize how many people are involved in the Department of Justice? How many various departments that fall under the Department of Justice? Every intelligence operation comes under the Department of Justice. Did you know that? And did you know we know about 16 different agencies that fall in that intelligence agency category? 16. Those are the ones we know about. We're very sure there are some that we don't know about. There's a lot of people up there. And everything points to the top. And who's at the top of the heap in the Department of Justice? That would be the Attorney General Merrick Garland. You remember Merrick Garland? At the end of Obama's second term in office, an open opening came up on the United States Supreme Court. And he nominated, Obama nominated Merrick Garland to serve on the court, the Supreme Court. And it was very close to the election in 2016. And so the Senate declined to take up the consideration of Merrick Garland to fill that spot. Donald Trump was elected president and he nominated and he got first of three Supreme Court justices approved by the Senate to join the court. And Merrick Garland wasn't one of them. So Merrick, he comes to the Joe Biden administration with a big chip on his shoulder, obviously. But let me tell you what is lacking beyond belief. It's as bad as you think it is. And I'm talking about the accountability. Lawbreakers not being held accountable at every level, but it comes from the top down, the Department of Justice on down. Merrick Garland is driving that boat. There is no accountability for anybody if you have a D after your name. Look at all the rioting. Look at all the stuff that happened. Minneapolis burned. Seattle. Portland, Oregon burned every night for weeks and weeks and weeks. No accountability. They tried to burn down the federal courthouse in Portland numerous times. It was so bad that the federal government had to send agents out there, and every night, what did they do? They camped out around the building, protecting it from being destroyed by these Antifa looters. Nothing happened. No accountability. So guess who stepped in and weighed in on it and had something to say about it? 
something very, very salient. Not even an American. Steve Hilton. Steve Hilton weighed in. I want you to listen to Hilton. And I think you'll agree. He's pretty hacked off about it. Meanwhile, Biden pops up this week to give an off-camera interview to a hand-picked reporter and comes out with the genius observation that, quote, people are really, really down. You don't say, I wonder why that could be. It's a mystery. Biden then proceeds to wash his hands of any responsibility for inflation and the rest of the current economic calamity, saying it's not his fault. What is he, six? It's not my fault. Don't blame me. But actually, that is the highly revealing and deeply disturbing truth about the ruling elite's theory of government by experts. It gives the politicians an out. It gives them a way to duck responsibility. You see it everywhere. Just now with Biden's baby formula fiasco. Oh, don't blame us. It's the experts at the FDA. Oh, you mean the bumbling bureaucratic idiots at the FDA who could barely talk to each other or to different parts of the government about what they were doing and then shut down a factory with devastating consequences for America's families and humiliation in the eyes of the world as the so-called richest country on the planet had to beg for food to feed its babies even though tests showed no link between the factory and infant illnesses. You mean those experts? Yeah, great idea to put them in charge. Of course, when the experts in the bureaucracy screwed up, the government turned to the experts in the military to bail them out, flying pallets of baby formula. Well, that was at least something our military leaders just about managed to pull off. But actually, winning wars like the Iraq War or the Afghan War, please, we're experts. We don't do winning. We screw things up. It is clear, it is obvious, the war in Afghanistan did not end on the terms we wanted with the Taliban now in power in Kabul. Sorry, says Mark Milley. Turns out I was wrong. Whatever. Can I keep my job? Of course you can, because that's the number one rule of government by expert idiot. No one is ever held accountable, however much they screw up. Which, of course, we see in the absolute crowning glory of the expert idiot's takeover of government, the coronavirus pandemic. We don't have time to go into all of it now. The forced wearing of masks that don't work, the social distancing zealotry that was an old playbook for a different disease, the cruel and counterproductive lockdowns and school closures. We could go on all night. But let's just take a moment to remember the vanity, the self-importance, the sheer brazen certainty of these expert idiots who turned out to be completely devastatingly wrong. When people are vaccinated, they can feel safe that they are not going to get infected. Our data from the CDC today suggests, um, you know, that that vaccinated people do not carry the virus, don't get sick, um, and, and that it's not just in the clinical trials, but it's also in real world data. <laughs> and then the gullible stooges in the establishment media themselves, totally enthralled to this cult of the expert, regurgitate the idiocy as if it's tablets of stone from on high. The virus stops with every vaccinated person. A vaccinated person gets exposed to the virus. The virus does not infect them. The virus cannot then use that person to go anywhere else. It cannot use a vaccinated person as a host to go get more people. Oh, no, Rachel Maddow, she's such an expert. Of course, it's all laughable now how wrong the experts were, how wrong the vast majority of the establishment media were to trust the experts. But it keeps happening. The establishment never learns. And so we cannot just subcontract 
vital decisions about our lives to the experts. Wherever you look, the pandemic, crime, the military, the economy, what the experts have done to this country is an absolute travesty. And even if it wasn't anti-democratic to put all this power in their hands, which it is, even if it didn't contradict the very idea that America was built on, self-government, which it does, on a basic, practical level, government by experts doesn't work because, as we've seen time and time again, the experts are idiots. Pretty much what I have discovered, if anybody is considered to be and has a title of being an expert, there's a problem. There's a problem. If someone has to be labeled, that means there aren't enough people around this person to agree. Ah, this this guy, this girl, they they really got it going on. They know what they're doing. They're an expert. Everybody would already know it. Nobody had to call Albert Einstein an expert on physics. Nobody had to. Everybody that was around him knew that he was. And that kind of thing goes outward like ripples in a pond when you throw a stone there. Anthony Fauci, to this day, will tell you if you listen to him. In fact, his exact terminology is, quote, I am the science. When he was the one telling us, you got to listen to the science. Believe the science. Don't listen to anybody that's not an expert. And I am the science. Well, Anthony Fauci and many of his minions were dead wrong. And there are people in graves today across this nation in the tens of thousands that listened to Dr. Anthony Fauci and all those that subscribe to his sycophant ideas about COVID-19 and vaccines. People are dead just because Anthony Fauci is an expert. This administration is full of so-called experts. This mainstream media conglomerate is full of so-called experts. But let me tell you this, and I'm going to hearken back to Christian principles when I say this. Accuracy, righteousness, the truth, lives in a vacuum. That cannot be penetrated. It cannot be watered down. It does not change with people's opinions or labels or explanations. Truth is pure. Facts or honest every time and you don't have to manipulate any of that to get what good there is out of it just absorb it take it in make it part of your thought process make it part of your life and reject anything and reject by the way anybody that wants to grab any of that and alter it edit it dumb it down change it convince you I'm not ever saying, I'm not ever telling anybody, don't listen to what other people say. And it harkens back to the fundamental founding premises of this network. Just because you think something's right doesn't mean that it's right. Just because you think something's wrong doesn't mean that it's wrong. Honestly, look, dig, research, find the veracity of anything anybody says. If you consider it to be an important thing for you in your life, You owe it to yourself. You owe it to the family members that you have around you. Especially if you're a parent, you owe it to your kids. 
to get the facts. Get the facts and then present them to those around you. You can't force somebody to accept what you say. But what you can do is make sure they have the opportunity with all the evidence to look at it, analyze it, and decide for themselves the veracity of what you're saying. You know, this first hour and 15 minutes has gone by crazy. We had the doctor on with us, uh, not the doctor, the, the attorney, who did a great job, by the way. We've gotten a lot of text response. People want her to come back, and she promised she would come back when the Roe verdict comes out and break it down for us. All that being said, folks, we have so many things going on around us. We have some special things that we need to point out to you. We've got 45 minutes left. Don't go anywhere. And now back to John with the weather. Yes, Andy. Tonight, a big storm. Storm this! Get the soccer offer from Pizza Hut and Pepsi. With every two medium pan Super Supreme, you get a real soccer ball and four cans of Pepsi for free. Yes, a real soccer ball and four cans of Pepsi for free. Don't miss the Pizza Hut and Pepsi soccer offer. With every two medium pan Super Supreme, you get a real soccer ball and four cans of Pepsi for free. What about the weather, Andy? Don't resist and call 19,000 now. Those in the know like to stay in the realm of innovation. Join them. It's easy to keep up with the latest trends and own the latest tech with BMW Select as it offers you the option to drive a brand new BMW every three years. You also get to tailor your deal to suit your pocket and your lifestyle. Visit select.bmw.co.za for more. BMW Select. Dynamic finance for ultimate control. BMW Financial Services is an authorized FSP and registered credit provider. T's and C's apply. Grab an ice-cold can of Celsius and stay active and energized all day. Celsius is better for you energy, made with premium ingredients, zero sugar, and seven essential vitamins, with no high-fructose corn syrup, no aspartame, no preservatives, and no artificial colors or flavors. Celsius is just the essential energy you need to keep you fueled and active all day. Celsius, essential energy, live fit. Now find Celsius at Celsius.com or a retailer near you. Are you sure we should be out here? It's pretty cloudy. Come on, that'll pass. Really? I don't know. Yeah, That's just, just swing. I'm holding swing. a... Swing! <sighs> Bob? Whoa. Looks like someone could have used Yahoo OneSearch on his mobile phone. Try Yahoo OneSearch and get news, sports, even weather. Get better results. Text weather and your zip code to 92466. Be a better golfer. Yahoo! Standard carrier text messaging rates apply. The view from the top is reserved for the bold. And the bold tell the truth. Truthnewsnet.org. You know, there's something that uh, is always hanging out there. It's in the air every time we get together here at TNN Live. And it's the truth. The truth is always hanging out there. It's our responsibility with you to ferret through the details. Dig, 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 dig. And just pick out and find and make sure the things that are truthful really are truthful and that we're going to lock in on those things. Let me tell you something that I, I, I think we need to be aware of and conscious. We live in our worlds. We pretty much have walls around us. I hearken it to this. Years ago, I came up with this concept of um, self-identity and to kind of explain what Americans, at least in my lifetime, have found themselves living in. It's almost like when you uh, when you go through um, 
when you're a young kid and you become an adult, whatever age that is, adolescence to maturity, somewhere in there, the American way is to actually build a room for yourself, a room that you solely live in. And when you build that room, you spend your life inside that room. And you've built it so that the floor, the ceiling, and all four walls are mirrors. So all you ever see is you. It doesn't matter where you look, front, back, side, up, down. There you are. And therefore, everything in which you concentrate on in your life, it applies to you because you're the only person in there. So if you're fortunate at some point, you may find somebody that kind of breaks the rules and slips in there for a minute or two, gets inside your room with a mirror, and you begin a relationship. And hopefully this happens for everybody. Then that person joins your room. So both of you are there. The only people you ever see are the two people in that room. If this is a family and you have children, you add them in. You see where I'm going with this? That has become the American way of living life. You put blinders on. You don't see anything except what's right in front of you, what you want to have in your world. You don't even look at or consider anything else or anyone else for that matter. It's all about you. It's all about you. And I'm not demeaning anybody for doing that. We all live through that as a temptation, as an opportunity. And we all make decisions whether to embrace it or reject it. What we need to do is find a way to obliterate all of the mirrors and just open it up, break down the rooms, break down the walls. We don't need walls. We don't need mirrors. We need to live wide open. We need to be open and accessible We need to be acceptant of everybody around us, even with all their differences. You know, there are people that you have been introduced to in your life. They do things. They live in different ways. They embrace different ideals and philosophies with which you disagree. I get that. That's fine. That's okay. It's the United States of America. Anybody has the right to believe anything or say anything. Often it comes with a price, but that's the right they have. But when we look at leaders in our lives, people that are placed in positions of power, in your family, it may be your mother, your dad. In your job, it could be a manager, a supervisor, it could be the owner of a company. When you go to school, it could be a teacher, it could be an administrator, it could be a coach. There are always people in places of authority in our lives over us. And we're not supposed to resent those people. In fact, Jesus made it very clear we are to respect those who are placed in authority over us just because they're placed in a position of authority, not because of what they do, not because of what they don't do, not because you like them, but because they are given authority over us. End of story. Of course, that's supposed to be the result. End of story. Often, it's not. People still want to take ownership. And that's where we get into all of the isms. Oh my gosh, there are so many of them, I don't even want to go there. Listen, folks, we've got to learn. We've got to learn to be objective, to be open, to be honest. And we've got to turn our minds and the minds of all of those in our lives into sponges 
so that we can not just grab a hold of all the stuff that's out there, but that we have created in us an objective way to analyze each and every one of these individually. And don't let them just consume you. Make a definitive opinions decision about each and every one of them. And if they don't fit, if they're not truthful, if they don't apply to you, put them behind you. Forget about them. If you've objectively analyzed them, that's all you can do. That's all you need to do. And in our lives, in our leadership, we have the most unhinged person that has been in the White House since 1976. November 2nd, when Jimmy Carter was elected president. Joe Biden is our guy. I pray for him every day. I honestly want him to be successful. Why would I want him to be successful? Because he's the president of the United States. He's got so much power. So many things happen on his watch. He can do so many things. He can stop so many things. I want him to be thinking right. I want him to have the perfect objectives, the understanding of everything he needs to understand. Sadly, that's not the case. For a multitude, a host of reasons, he's not where he needs to be to be an effective leader of this nation right now. Can he ever get there? Will he ever get there? I doubt it. I don't know that, and I hope he will. I hope the light will come on and that he'll see and recognize and embrace the truth of all these things. Let me tell you what. People around the world are looking at us, the greatest nation on the planet, greatest nation, many say, in world history, and they're watching our leadership, and there's a bunch of SMH going on, shake my head going on when they look at Joe Biden. And I guarantee you, this is asked millions of times every day from people around the world. Why did y'all elect Joe Biden? He's failing in every way. Some of those people that are looking in and watching in other countries are news people. Like those folks at Sky News down in Australia. First, let's see what the leader of the free world has been up to lately. Well, the president is angry, my friends. Angry that people are complaining about not being able to afford fuel and gas and food. Then they realize he's changing lives. I don't want to hear any more of these lies about reckless spending. We're changing people's lives. Now, Americans may be wondering why energy costs are so high, whether we're talking about gasoline or how to uh, heat their homes or cool their homes. And Biden is very keen to blame what he calls the Putin tax. But what is happening is precisely what he said would happen if he became president. And the impact of Biden's anti-fossil fuel policies is being felt across the country. But to be fair to President Biden, he was honest during the election campaign. He said he would back these green policies even if they caused considerable pain. Three consecutive American presidents have enjoyed stints of explosive economic growth due to a boom in oil and natural gas production. As president, would you be willing to sacrifice some of that growth, even knowing potentially that it could displace thousands, maybe hundreds of thousands of blue collar workers in the interest of transitioning to that greener economy? The answer is yes. It's $7.29 a gallon for a small car with a 12-gallon tank. It would cost you $87 to fill it all the way up. Number one, 
No more subsidies for fossil fuel industry. No more drilling on federal lands. No more drilling, including offshore. No ability for the oil industry to continue to drill, period. Gas prices are so high, the Isabella Isabella County Sheriff's Office here says they've actually blown through their fuel budget already, so they will respond to some non-emergency calls by phone. I've never seen anything like Putin's tax on both food and gas. Not so much a Putin tax as a Biden tax, and the Biden administration still hasn't learnt anything. Listen to its climate czar, John Kerry, say they don't need to drill for more gas and oil. And energy security worry is driving a lot of the thoughts now about, oh, we need more drilling of gas. We need more drilling of this. We need to go back to coal. No, we don't. We absolutely don't. And we have to prevent a false narrative from entering into this or, again, uh, pun intended, we are cooked. It's worth remembering that not too long ago, America was a net energy exporter. But if you vote for mad green policies, you get mad green policies. The insanity of this administration and this executive commander-in-chief to think that he could take a magic wand and wave it and boom, all of a sudden, America, the United States of America would be all green energy, all renewable energy, no fossil fuel, no coal, nothing, all gone. That's what we want to happen. We want all electric cars. We want every car to be electric. We want Air Force One to fly on electricity. (laughs) That's going to be a really long extension cord. (laughs) There is no pragmatic investigation, planning, preparation. Joe Biden came to us spouting these ideals. You just heard former senator, former secretary of state, former uh, wannabe president, You just heard him say, no more drilling. I'm talking about John Kerry, who is Biden's green new energy czar, married to a filthy rich uh, heiress, Teresa Hines Kerry, Hines Ketchup. And because of that, he flies anywhere and everywhere on the world that he wants to go on a jet. Fossil fuel hog. Don't mention that. Don't even talk about that. We played a an audio soundbite, I guess it was maybe Friday of last week for you, one of the uh, executives in the energy department was talking to people and was actually interviewed and was talking about those wondrous things you can do when you buy an electric car. You don't have to worry about getting gasoline on your dress or on your hands when you go fill up with gas. You don't have to wait in line. And this guy asked her, said, "Uh, where does the fuel come from? And she showed him, here's, you know, my garage, a charging station. They put a charging station in over here. All I do is plug my car up and bam, in a few hours, I get to go. No gasoline, no gasoline. Uh, Where does that electricity come from? Well, it comes out of the wall. You know, it's, 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 it's the electrical hookup in my house. Well, where does that come from? Where does your house get it? Uh, from the power plant in town. Well, where does the power plant get the energy to make that electricity? And she just went ash-faced instantly when it dawned on her. It's a coal power plant. They burn coal. I don't know for sure, (laughs) but I think coal 
is fossil fuel. I'm just saying. So in the insanity of all of this and what's happening to the American people, we're told every day, oh, Joe Biden's planning this. He's trying to decide. Yesterday, listen to what he's trying to decide. He's trying to decide what he can, as the president, give to the American people that are suffering from his policies, from what he has done, and can't even afford to go fill up a car just so they can go to work and take care of their kids and buy groceries and go to church on Sunday. They can't afford it anymore. He's trying to come up with a magic quick fix. And he told everybody yesterday, oh, I've narrowed it down to two different options. We can do a federal tax fuel holiday. Or, hey, why not this? Why don't we just mail out some rebate cards? Wow. Yeah, everybody gets a rebate card. And though it won't stop any of this that they're going to continue to experience as probably because of my policies, fossil fuel prices are continue to go through the roof, even higher than they are now, more higher than ever before in American history on my watch. I'm proud of that. And he actually intimated that this is assisting us in our transition, immediate transition away from fossil fuel to renewable energy. There's no plan, no plan, no preparation. That, my friends, is the definition of insanity. Just before we went live this morning, Kennedy on Fox Business, she's a firebrand. And she came out and she just jumped in the middle of Joe Biden. But, I, you know, I mean... Even though they're news people, folks, they have an opinion. They do. And sadly today, a lot of news people don't express their real opinions when they do reporting or when they talk to the public or write stories. They've got to reflect what the parent does. The New York Times, the Washington Post, whoever their bosses are, editors, publishers. We can't get outside the lines. We've got to color right in here. And we always have to be politically correct. Not so much about Kennedy. Oh, poor President Biden. That poor bastard can't even stay upright on a bicycle. It was a humiliating metaphor over the weekend when the commander-in-chief got his foot caught on a pedal strap and fell over like a fainting goat to concerned yet unsurprised gasps. The president, oh, he's old, he's tired, he's almost 80. His approval ratings are in the toilet. Visible Dems are ready to push him aside and hope some new unicorn slash donkey hybrid can flounce in and save the party. But that's not going to happen before the midterms. You know what will happen? Higher gas, worse inflation, kids dying in the desert, trying to make it to safety. And the president is going to fail, fumble, and screw up, all while drowning in a bucket of excuses that are falling on deaf ears. Every time the president tumbles or freestyles to the point of almost causing nuclear annihilation, his committee of minders follows him closely behind and cleans things up with phrases like, what he meant to say and what really happened. Even his latest propagandist is failing and flailing when she's asked basic questions about her boss's brouhaha's watch. Does the president have the stamina, physically and mentally, do you think, to continue on even after 2024? Don, you're 
asking me this question. Oh my gosh, he's the president of the United States. You know, it, he, I can't even keep up with him. We just got back from New Mexico. We just got back um, from California. Uh, that is, uh, I, 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 that is not a question that we should be even asking. Just look at the work that he does. Look what he's, how he's delivering uh, for the American public. What is he delivering? A burning bag of dog crap? And yes, that is exactly the question we should be asking about the president of the United States. And she can't keep up with him? What the hell is wrong with her? A healthy 47-year-old woman can't keep up with an oatmeal-mouthed, frail little geriatric? Is she the one we should be worried about? Remember when then-President Trump's physician, Ronnie Jackson, withstood a 50-minute press onslaught when he gave 45 a clean bill of health? Does Trump wear dentures? Is he addicted to drugs? Where is that level of skepticism now for a man who can't stay on his feet without training wheels and water wings? If numerous polls from every major news organization are to be believed, the president has fallen and he can't get up. The country deserves better than to be held hostage by a man whose foot is caught in the pedal and blames the bike as our country crashes and burns. Can't have that. And that's the memo. You never have to wonder what Kennedy is thinking about, do you? I mean, she was right on. She was totally right on with what she had to say. But many in America are hesitant to even express that. Well, we're going to get away from um, the political piece. We're going to go make our final break, our final stop in just a moment. When we come back, what we're going to do is do a quick across the nation look at what's going on around and some of the stuff that's really bad and it's all piling up this here's the insanity of this it can, it's going to keep piling up piling up piling up piling up gun gun crime violence theft N- not even talking about the price of things escalation can't get stuff can't get baby formula still and nothing's being done about it. There's no results in sight for any of us either. A politician's worst nightmare? The truth. And you're getting it here with Dan Newman on TNN, the Truth News Network. Few things bring as much joy as the delicious taste of Coca-Cola. Like your first time camping or falling in love on a blind date. And now, our new Coke bottles are sip-sized and made from 100% recycled materials. So every bottle can live on to create more memories. That's endlessly refreshing. Coca-Cola. Bottles are made from 100% recycled materials excluding cap and label. Enjoy the great taste of Coca-Cola in a new sip-sized bottle that's made of 100% recycled materials. Shop at H&M. Be stylish. Be trendy with women's clothes and accessories at the best quality and the best prices since 1947. Come to H&M and shop for women's clothing and accessories inspired by the latest fashion trends. Here at H&M, the master of cheap fashion, clothes cost the average price of $21.40. Wow, that's so cheap and affordable. I know, right? H&M offers fashion and quality clothing at an affordable price. So, what are you waiting for? Come shop at H&M today! Hashtag 
Hot and Modern. This is the truth your mama warned you about. TNN, the Truth News Network. Truthnewsnet.org. And Dan Newman. Yes, ma'am. Facts do matter. Facts are only the only things that we should use with which to make choices and decisions. It's that simple, but yet we complicate it every day. We make it even worse than it really is. So what are the big, 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 big things we need to give to you and discuss before we get out of here today? Running out of time. Five major cities in the U.S. are on pace to go over the steep 2021 homicide totals halfway through 2022 already. Los Angeles, Washington, D.C., Baltimore, Milwaukee, Atlanta have all seen homicide numbers outpace their mark from a year ago already halfway through this year, with Milwaukee seeing the largest spike of the group. Now, that's according to crime data coming from the FBI. Wisconsin's largest city has recorded 96 homicides as of June 17th. That compares to 77 at the same time last year. The numbers continue a trend that has plagued our country since 2020. Oh, my gosh. What happened in 2020? Well, we had a presidential election, didn't we? In 2020, when homicides in the U.S. increased nearly 30% compared to 2019. And that trend continued last year. The Council on Criminal Justice Statistics showed homicides across the country last year increased 5% over 2020. The big kahuna, the nation's capital, has been another victim of the trend. 93 homicides so far this year compared to 82 at the same point a year ago. Atlanta's increasing rate came in just behind D.C. Homicides as of June 11th, 68 compared to 60 at the same point in 2021. You get it. You get it. We're talking about crime is exploding. It continues to go up. Gun crime and gun violence, it's front and center everywhere. And, of course, everybody wants to take away the right to carry the Second Amendment rights. Meanwhile, I thought this was interesting. The Philadelphia Inquirer reports that justifiable homicides in Philly, I'm not talking about just homicides, I'm talking about justifiable homicides are going up in Philly as concealed carries surge in the city. Now listen to this. The Philadelphia Inquirer lists three recent incidents in which individuals legally carrying concealed weapons shot and killed their assailants. The paper then noted these sorts of deadly clashes in which the intended victims survive and the assailants die are rare here in Philly, but are becoming more common as a growing number of people have legally armed themselves amid rising numbers of carjacking, shootings, and homicides. So the Inquirer, now this is a very liberal city, very liberal state, and of course a very liberal newspaper, the Philadelphia Inquirer. They observed that justified homicides jumped 67% from 2020 to 2021. 2022 is on pace to surpass the number of justifiable homicides witnessed a year ago. Their deputy police commissioner, Benjamin Nash, said, we've seen an increase in the number of people that have been applying for and receiving a concealed carry permit. I think they're concerned about their safety. They're carrying it legally 
which is the big difference. On June 18th, Breitbart News highlighted a CBS Philly report showing the highest annual number of concealed carry permit apps the city received between 2017 and 2020 was 11,814. That's a bunch. But guess what? That was between 2017-2020. 11,814. Last year alone, 70,790 concealed permits were issued. What's going on, folks? It's because people are becoming afraid. They're afraid of their government. Their government is not protecting the people. Every day we hear these horror stories about, I mean, law-abiding people just walking down the street or just doing things in their own home or driving or whatever it is. They go eat at a restaurant and somebody gets blown up. Somebody gets shot and killed. Somebody gets carjacked. Somebody gets uh, murdered. People driving down the street shooting, gang members Bullets are going through the walls and killing people left and right. And this administration, instead of addressing the problems, they're fixated on guns. Joe Biden, even though he did that that ban for a few years back when he was in the Senate, he got that assault weapon ban. AR-15s are not assault weapons, but still that's the term they give it because it sounds politically correct to them and it makes people feel like they're evil weapons. They're not fully automatic weapons. AR-15s are not. The M4 version of an AR-15 that is fully automatic, like a machine gun, those are used strictly by our military members and by law enforcement. But don't let a good truth get in the way of a story that gives you some ammunition. Guns don't kill people. People kill people. People use, listen to what I'm going to tell you. People use hammers to murder people more than people use guns to murder people. That's from the FBI crime statistics. That's not a Danism. It's from the FBI. But yet you would think based upon what the Biden administration and far left Democrats were saying for years, or saying today, and they're going to be saying it tomorrow, we have to get rid of this violence, this gun criminality that's taking over our nation, and the way to do it is to take guns away from everybody. I actually think there are some people that are preaching that message that really believe it's true. But there's no doubt in my mind the huge majority of the people that are caught up in this anti-Second Amendment push that we see happening now around us, what they're wanting is to grab a hold of and maintain for the government the maximum amount of power over the people they can. Don't think for a second they're looking around the landscape of the United States. They're seeing and they've been watching the legal purchasing of guns in the millions over the last few decades. These are American people that are making these purchases legally. 
They're going to these gun stores, going to these big box stores like Dick Sporting Goods, walking up to a counter, hey, I want to buy this gun. Well, give me your driver's license. You fill out an application. The store runs it up online to the BATF, the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms, and they do a quick investigation in the FBI database to make sure that you're not a criminal. And then the store sells you that. These are not the people that are killing other people. It hardly ever happens like that. 32 people shot last weekend in Chicago. I looked for hours trying to find out how many of the guns that were used in those 32 shootings, how many of those guns were legally owned? They either don't have those stats or they don't want to tell the American people. I can tell you. I guarantee you none of them were. If there were any of those guns that were legal, I guarantee it was only one of two in those 32 shootings. It's called no accountability in law enforcement. If you take guns away from every American, if you make it illegal to own a gun in this nation, first of all, that would be an unconstitutional act. The United States Supreme Court on numerous cases has ruled there is a right for a private American citizen to bear arms, to own and keep a gun. It's absolute. It can't be changed. But if the American people make enough noise, and if the United States Congress acts on what these gun sycophants want Congress to do, they'll craft laws. They'll find some way to amend the Constitution, to amend the Second Amendment. Meanwhile, we have 1,500,000 border crossers and illegal aliens. Since Joe Biden, on his watch, they came into the country in his year and a half in office. In May of this year, DHS released more than 95,000 border crossers and illegal aliens. A foreign population four times the size of Key West let those let that number of people, almost 100,000, into our American communities. And that's a purposeful thing. That's planned, folks. The Biden administration is expansing their catch and release network, and they're building in the United States arbitrarily and illegally in total violations of numerous federal immigration laws. They're building a foreign illegal population in the United States. And in most cases, American taxpayers are paying all the bill. It's unconstitutional. It is not congressionally approved or done. It's in violation of federal laws. And it, every time it's done, is an impeachable offense for anybody in the government line of fire of responsibility. Every person in that line needs to be impeached or fired. In the case of Alejandro Mayorkas, the head of the Homeland Security. He should be fired and actually prosecuted criminally for rampant violations, suborning, breaking federal immigration laws every day. Well, just letting these people in, that's not a bad thing. These people are looking for a better deal, looking for a place to make a better life for themselves and families. I get that. This nation immigrates or allows immigrants 
the number of about a million a year to come into this country legally every year, half for generations every year legally. That one million each year, that's more than the total of legal immigrants that are allowed into countries, every other country in the world combined, all, never total, the one million that we allow in legally every year. Why does Biden want to flood this nation with illegals? They want to give them the right to vote and maintain a permanent Democrat Party control chokehold on our government. Whether we want to believe that, whether we want to accept that or not, it's fact. It's a fact. We're getting close to being out of time. Let me look real quick. And there's something I want to play for you, but there's something else that I want to tell you. Talking about accountability. Capitol Police caught Massachusetts Democrat Representative Jake Oshenkloss, his chief of staff. They caught him defacing posters outside the Capitol Complex office of Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene from Georgia, referred him for criminal charges. But listen to this. The same U.S. Attorney's Office that pursued the January 6th defendants, they said, nah, we're not going to arrest. We're not going to approve that arrest warrant. Police and Oshenkloss also confirmed yesterday the congressman's office was involved in allowing comedian Stephen Colbert's production team into the Capitol complex last Thursday. That incident led to security concerns and the arrest of seven members of Colbert's team. You may have heard they spent the night in the Hooskow. Capitol Police asked federal prosecutors back in March for an arrest warrant for Timothy Heisem, who's a longtime Democrat congressional staffer who worked for Adam Schiff before becoming Oshenkloss's number one aide after capturing Heisem on hidden camera security footage defacing Green's posters with stickers with religious messages. That's according to copy of the arrest warrant. Police said they believe Heisem may have been involved in seven defacing of posters outside Green's office between January and March and that he declined to be interviewed when he was confronted. No arrest warrant. Freedom, liberty, justice for all. Equal justice under the law, right? I saw yesterday a little spoof on the National Spelling Bee. A boy and a girl and two judges. And they're going through, you've seen the machinations of this National Spelling Bee. You know, the uh, the person that's got a spell can ask for the pronunciation of a word, can ask for a definition. Listen to this one. The little boy and the little girl. Our next Spelling Bee contestant is Madison. Your word is precocious. Can you use it in a sentence, please? Precocious. Little know-it-alls like you are annoyingly precocious. Precocious. P-R-E-C-O-C-I-O-U-S. Precocious. That's correct. Uh, Lincoln, your word is woman. Woman. Can I have the country of origin, please? I, I don't... I don't, it, probably England or Germany or something. Woman. Um, can I have the definition, please? Uh, why don't you ask Judge One that question? Can I have the definition of woman, please? 
No. Why not? I'm allowed to ask for definitions, right? The the thing is, a woman is the there. The a woman is 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 yeah, what, she's, women... what she's trying to say is that each person gets to define for themselves what a a woman is. So can you define it? No. Why? I just want to know the definition of woman. And that makes you a hateful little bigot, Lincoln. I don't hate anybody. How about we just use it in a sentence? Abortion is a woman's right. If a woman makes an accusation, we should believe all women. Joe Biden picked a woman as a running mate. Ketanji Brown Jackson is the first black woman on the Supreme Court. Hillary Clinton should have been the first woman president. UPenn swimmer Leah Thomas is a woman. I'm a woman. I'm not a woman. 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 How can you use in all those sentences if you don't know the definition? Listen, you intolerant little bigot. Just spell the word so we can get a girl up here to win this whole thing. The definition of woman is woman. Woman! A woman! Woman! Are you happy? That doesn't make any sense! It's a simple word. We all know what a woman is. Just spell woman! Okay. Woman. W-O-M-A-N. Woman. Wrong! It's got an X in it now for some reason! W-O-M-X-N. Now get out of here! <laughs> I know, that's extreme, there's no question about it, but isn't that typical? Isn't that what we're living in right now? Oh my gosh. Hey, look, we want to thank Susan Swift, the Vice President of the Legal Affairs Division of the Right to Life League, for being here with us this morning to weigh in on that anticipated decision coming from the Supreme Court, Roe v. Wade. She said she promised she would come back when that does come out, and share with us her thoughts that day. Until tomorrow, we want to tell you, thanks for being here. Thanks for being a part of everything we do at TNN Live. We'll see you then. Have a great day. Never